Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. And we're very glad you're here. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And sometimes we are able to broaden our vision even to consider that there might be a spark of the divine in all the four-leggeds as well. Maybe even the trees. Not viruses, though. No. One of the ways that we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is that we turn to the people around us or talk to the people around us in the comments if you have comments and welcome them here this morning. I invite you to join me as we say our chalice lighting words together. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. This congregation has written a mission statement to guide us as we move forward into the future to answer the question, what are we doing here? We wrote it on the wall. And we remind ourselves of it every Sunday morning by saying it together. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Good morning. Last week was Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish holiday celebrating a new year that kicks off a time of thinking back on the past year and what you did, who you were, whether you were living your best life as your best self. In the book we're going to read today, all the animals come before God to talk about what they did in the last year and whether they were the best selves they could be. But this is different for every animal, just as it's different for each of us. We all have different gifts to make the world better. If you don't believe in God, you can think of the word earth when I'm reading God, imagining all of the animals on earth, including us, all working together to make the earth a better place. Today is the birthday of the world by Linda Heller, illustrated by Allison J. Today is the birthday of the world. Today, all of God's creatures pass before God and God asks... This year, little giraffe, my dear little giraffe, did you eat the highest leaves on the tree, happy that I'd chosen you to make a path for the sun? This year, little giraffe, my dear little giraffe, were you the best little giraffe that you could be? This year, little elephant, my dear little elephant, did you move the downed tree, happy that I'd chosen you to keep the road clear? This year, little elephant, my dear little elephant, were you the best little elephant that you could be? This year, little beaver, my dear little beaver, did you build a strong dam, happy that I'd chosen you to widen the pond? This year, little beaver, my dear little beaver, were you the best little beaver that you could be? This year, little fish, my dear little fish, as you swam, did you glow? Happy that I'd chosen you to light the dark ocean. This
this year, little fish, my dear little fish, were you the best little fish that you could be? This year, little bee, my dear little bee, did you fly from flower to flower, happy that I'd chosen you to spread their pollen? This year, little bee, my dear little bee, were you the best little bee that you could be? This year, little worm, my dear little worm, did you tunnel about, happy that I'd chosen you to bring rain underground? This year, little worm, my dear little worm, were you the best little worm that you could be? This year, little cow, my dear little cow, did you eat the sweet grass, happy that I'd chosen you to bring joy to the fields? This year, little cow, my dear little cow, were you the best little cow that you could be? This year, little child, my dear little child, did you put seeds in the soil, happy that I'd chosen you to plant a garden? Did you paint a big picture and help to hang it, happy that I'd chosen you to add beauty to the world? Did you share your toys, happy that I'd chosen you to be kind to others? Did you laugh and have fun, happy that I'd chosen you to lift the world's spirit? This year, little child, my dear little child, were you the best little child that you could be? God waited for their answers. Yes, everyone said. They had been the best little giraffe and little elephant and little beaver and little fish and little bee and little worm and little cow and little child that they could be. Good, God said. Happy that God's creatures had made a path for the sun and moved the tree from the road and widened the pond and lit the dark ocean and spread the pollen and brought rain to the roots and eaten the grass and planted a garden and made a beautiful painting and shared the toys and lifted the world's spirit. I'm very proud of my dear little helpers, because when you are the best that you can be, then the world is the best place that it can be, and there is no better birthday present. Our reading today are words from Nelson Mandela, who was an anti-apartheid activist in South Africa, whom the government imprisoned for 27 years because of his activism. After being released from prison, though, he became the country's first black head of state and the first elected in a fully representative democratic election. His government focused on dismantling the legacy of apartheid by tackling institutionalized racism and fostering racial reconciliation. Here are his words about when he was first released from prison. As I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Please join me as you are able in a time of quiet. We breathe together in an attitude of prayer and meditation so that we can speak to or listen to God as we understand God or listen to our inner wisdom or just watch our breath as it comes in and out of our bodies. Let us join together and move into the wise silence.
I'm talking about forgiveness today because these are the Jewish high holy days and our cousins and brothers and sisters in the Jewish faith are talking about the birthday of the world, Rosh Hashanah. And then at the end of the high holy days is Yom Kippur, a day of fasting and atonement where you examine yourself for whatever sins you may have committed, where you make amends, where you ask for forgiveness from God, but mostly from the people that you wronged, where you fast and then you feast and you celebrate at the very end the oneness of God, which as Unitarian Universalists we might translate into the oneness of all things. And so in contemplating what our cousins in the Jewish faith are doing these days, it's easy to think about how we might enter into that a bit from our own faith perspective and talk about forgiveness. But you know, this pandemic is affecting everything, even forgiveness. When I started thinking about what forgiveness might be, like these days, what what might be important to talk about? I think about what I'm hearing from everyone, and what I'm hearing from everyone is that we're just tearing ourselves apart, trying to be productive according to uh, pre-pandemic measures of productivity. We're trying to accomplish things in the same way that we might have in the before times, before we had all this extra stuff that we're doing, and we're trying to stay, stay sane and stable even though a lot of the things that we used to lean on to keep us sane and stable are no longer available to us or are too dangerous right now. We used to lean on family and gathering with friends and going out to eat and going out to the bar. And we used to count on visiting and live music. And we used to count on massages or pedicures or haircuts even. We used to count on parties and and going on hikes with people and doing things together and now we can have several choices of things to do just with our family or with one friend which is fine but we also are having to think all the time about how to keep everyone safe and add to that the the grief and the fear and the anxiety and the determination that we're feeling because of the continuing waterfall of lies from the judicial system and from the politicians, some on the left and some on the right, and from the highest powers in our country who are asking us to ignore the things that we're actually seeing with our eyes and to believe things that are patently unbelievable. It's stressful because so many people in our so many people among us have had folks in our lives who do that to us or have done that to us and all that trauma and dis-ease is stirred back up again. And the frustration that truth-loving people are feeling that People of science and reason, people of love and compassion and decency are feeling with this bizarre display of 
indecency and corruption, it's a constant anger and outrage that is always in danger of curdling into despair and anxiety as we try to control it because we've got no place to go with it. At a meeting of ministers this month, this was the reading. It was on Zoom, of course. The reading was simple, but it grabbed us all by the guts. Here's what it was. The best I can do is my best. How human of me to feel nervous about trying something new. I will give myself the same grace I give others. I may not have control over this situation, but I have control over my attitude. This is only temporary. I can do difficult things. I don't have to have it figured out to move forward. I will make mistakes, and that is okay. I love, I can really live into the truth of all that, except for the part about controlling our own attitude, which I don't know if you've tried to control your attitude, but I can sometimes, but other times I just can't. And um, those are the days when I'm grateful and glad that I'm sheltering in place with someone who already loves me. And also add to that, those of us who are being really careful see others recklessly exposing themselves to the virus and they claim it's their freedom to do so and they act as if they don't understand that it's not just their own safety that they're risking, but it's the safety of all the next people that they'll see at the grocery store or the hardware store. It's all the next people that they'll see in their family and and they act like It's ridiculous to care about it. And I think a couple of weeks ago I said I'm having this feeling that I'm in a car being driven by a drunk driver and there's no way to stop the car and there's somebody else in the car saying, oh, you're overreacting. Oh, it's it's not that bad. Oh, they really, they drive better when they're drunk. And we are being so careful and then we see the president himself holding rallies that are super spreader events and it just makes you feel like that kid in school I don't know if you were this kid that kid in school that hated group projects because you always did all the work and all the other kids just watched you do it only in this situation it's also the teacher that's lounging around mocking you for doing the work Really, this is an awful situation. And so we're mad. And we're tired. And sometimes we speak up. And sometimes we protest. And sometimes we put our heads down and keep going with our work. And sometimes we argue with folks in our families. And sometimes we give up arguing because, really, whoever changed their mind from being argued with... And sometimes our frustration comes out sideways all over the people that we're living with. And really, a lot of the time, it's directed at ourselves. And you you 
bother yourself by asking yourself these questions of um, why is my brain not working some days and why am I sleepy when it's time to be awake and why am I awake when it's time to be sleepy and why am I locking myself in the bathroom while my children yell and pound on the door and why am I keeping my children at home and not sending them to school or why am I sending my children to school and not keeping them at home and why am I uncertain about how to vote and why am I anxious about it and why do I suddenly question all the information I've been given and why am I irritated with everything and why am I worrying about things that seem like nothing and why am I numb about things that seem as if they should be huge and what's happened to my attention span My friends, we are not alone in feeling these things. This is what all of us are feeling. At least all of the people that I talk to and that I'm on Facebook with. It's hard to be in this situation. Life is difficult at normal times, but this is just making everything uh, worse because of the outrages that we can plainly see and hear about and feel and we're worried for our beloveds who are in the street protesting and we're worried for our beloveds who are in law enforcement and getting things thrown at them and we're worried for our beloveds who are elected officials and uh getting less and less trusted by the people who elected them and we worry for our beloveds who are trying to make some sense and we worry for our beloveds who are in the Senate and can't seem to get anything fixed. I mean, if a senator can't fix this, why do I think I can? And what do I do with that? And we have the feeling that we should know what to do. We should know what to do. If somebody says, what should we do? We should be able to do better than say, I I don't know, um, look up the indivisible people and see what they're saying to do because that's all I know to do. And we have to fix racism in our housing system. We have to fix racism in our banking system. We have to fix racism in our judicial system and in our educational system and in our neighbors and our friends. And we have to safeguard reproductive justice from the attacks that are being marshaled against it. And we have to work to to make climate change not happen or not happen as fast as it's happening right now we have to also you know in our free time smash the patriarchy when there's a lot to do it's overwhelming and it's easy to just subside into a miasma of anxiety and hiding My dad used to tell me this story, uh, because apparently I've been like this my whole life, used to tell me this story about Pope John the 23rd, and he said, um, 
Pope John had a valet who had noticed that the Pope had been sleeping very badly. The bed was always just a tumble when he came in in the morning. And one morning he came in and the bed was smooth and it looked as if there hadn't been a lot of tossing and turning. And the valet said, uh, forgive me, I hope this is not too forward, but it looks like you had a better night's sleep last night. And the Pope said, I did. I had been really so upset about the wars and about hunger and I've been so upset about corruption and flooding and I I realized in prayer last night that I can do some things about some things but I'm only the Pope So that was a thing we would say to ourselves sometimes in my family. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I'm only the Pope. There are roles for everyone to play in the work that needs to be done, for sure. And there is work to do. And yet there has to be rest and renewal for everyone as Chris preached last Sunday. We have to be humane with each other. And when we're busy flogging ourselves, we think less well and fight less well and move less well against the outrages that are constantly being perpetrated by who Audre Lorde called the heavy-footed. And it has always been thus. And we have always, people of decency, had to fight against the heavy-footed. And I think if we can forgive ourselves for not being more than we are, for not knowing what to do all the time, We will be stronger. We cannot allow ourselves to be consumed with hatred. We can use the fuel of a healthy rage, and it is appropriate. But hatred is poisonous. If you saw in the Friday Electronic Newsletter that you might want to bring a ribbon to this service, it's time to get that ribbon or piece of string. We'll tie a knot in it. I know that not forgiving ourselves ties a knot in our strength, ties a knot in the channels of our power. And so at some point next week, I invite you to take this outside, maybe around some trees, breathing some fresh air. Breathe that air and feel the trees and look at your humanness your limitations your weary bones and your restless heart rock yourself for a time and when you're ready untie the knot 
forgive yourself. Some of us feel that if we did not constantly criticize ourselves, that we would fall apart into sloth. That if we were not constantly self-flagellating, we might just dissolve on the couch and do nothing but watch cartoons like we would have when we were five. I bet that won't happen. I think you can forgive yourself and not fall apart. Acceptance of your humanity and your limitations makes you stronger. You are deserving of radical love. You are deserving of being filled with love. And just doing that, allowing yourself to be filled and feel that you're loved, will cause your soul to shine bright. And people will see that. And we need it. Do the work as you can and fight, as uh, St. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said. May her memory be a blessing. Fight in a way that will lead others to join us. May it be so. you to join me as we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The words of Holly Near, please join me if you care to. I am open and I am willing for to feel hopeless would seem so strange. It dishonors those who go before us. So lift us up to the light of change. Go in peace. 
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.